you actually live on this boat? I said in surprise. I stay with my mum at her house in London during the longer breaks, but in the last year, I've been living on this in the rare moments I'm not sailing a boat to a race or competing. Although I finally got to the stage of wanting a home of my own on dry land. In fact, I've just bought a place. Although it needs an awful lot of work, and God knows when I'll have the time to renovate it. I was already accustomed to the Titan, my father's ocean-going superyacht, with its sophisticated computerized navigation. So the two of us shared the driving, as Theo liked to call it. But that first morning, I found it difficult to slip out of the usual protocol of being aboard with him. When Theo asked me to do something, I had to stop myself answering, Yes, Skipper. There was a palpable air of tension between us. Neither of us were sure how to cross over from the working relationship we'd had so far to a more intimate footing. Conversation was stilted. With me second-guessing everything I was saying in this strange situation and mostly resorting to idle small talk. Theo remained virtually silent, and by the time we dropped anchor for lunch... I was starting to feel that the whole idea was a complete disaster. I was grateful when he produced a bottle of chilled Provençal rosé to accompany our salad. I'd never been a big drinker, certainly not on the water, but somehow we managed to swiftly down the bottle between us. In order to prod Theo out of his awkward silence, I decided to talk to him about sailing. We went over our strategy for the Cyclades and discussed how different the racing would be in the upcoming Beijing Olympics. My final trials for a place in the Swiss squad were to take place at the end of the summer, and Theo told me he'd be sailing for America. So you're American by birth? You sound British. American father, English mother. I was at boarding school in Hampshire, then went to Oxford, then to Yale. He clarified. I always was a bit of a swat. What did you study? Classics at Oxford, then a master's in psychology at Yale. I was lucky enough to be selected for the varsity sailing team and ended up captaining it. All very ivory tower type stuff. You? I went to the Conservatoire de Musique de Genève and studied the flute. But that explains it. I eyed him with a grin. What explains what? The fact that you're so keen on analyzing people. And half the reason you're such a successful skipper is because you're so good with your crew. Especially me, I added, the alcohol making me brave. Your comments helped me, really even if I didn't particularly like hearing them at the time. Thanks. He ducked his head shyly at the compliment. At Yale, they gave me free reign to combine my love of sailing with psychology, and I developed a style of command that some might find unusual, but it works for me. Were your parents supportive of your sailing? My mother, yes, but my father, well. They split when I was eleven and an acrimonious divorce followed a couple of years later. Dad went back to live in the States after that. I'd stay with him there during the holidays when I was younger, but he was always at work or travelling. He employed nannies to look after me. 
He visited me when I was at Yale a few times to watch me compete, but I can't say I really know him very well. Only through what he did to my mum, and I accept that her antipathy towards him clouded my judgement. Anyway, I'd love to hear you play the flute, by the way, he said, suddenly changing the subject and meeting my gaze properly, green eyes on blue. But the moment passed and he looked away again, shifting in his seat. Frustrated that my attempts to draw him out seemed to be failing, I lapsed into an irritated silence too. After we'd carried the dirty plates down to the galley, I dived off the side of the boat and swam hard and fast to clear my wine-infused brain. Shall we go up onto the top deck and get some sun before we move on? He asked me as I appeared back on board. Okay, I agree.